Yo, what's good? Welcome to Counter Currents. This is episode number 95. I'm your host, Petey Steele. And I'm your co-host, Elena Torres. And before I introduce our guest today, I'm just going to say a little something about him. Look, if you listen to this, you probably know uh, how COVID is affecting comedy. and if you don't listen to us and you don't know that much about the comedy world, you're probably like, I bet it's pretty bad. And the answer is, yeah, we're, as an industry, we're like the most fucked, you know, it's people crowded together in basements and dark rooms where you need intimate, close contact. And a lot of people don't consider it an essential business. And it's, it's not good out here in these comedy streets. And you know, whenever a business gets totally fucked like that, there's always a person who just hears that and is like, I don't care. Yeah. And I'm just going to keep doing things the way I want to do them or I'm going to adapt to this new world. And our next guest is the number one example of that, probably on the whole East Coast. Uh, a lot of people are here about, about him really quick. Everybody, please welcome the producer of the Crybaby shows and amazing comedian, Mike Kurtz. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And those are very... Those are uh, kind words. I appreciate it. Definitely. I mean, the one thing about anytime there's something major where things just kind of all break down, there's always some opportunity in yeah. the, you know built in there. There's always uh, a way to, to do it. And uh, I mean, we still have to be safe. You still have to be considerate of, you don't want to be spreading it. But yes, it's been good with the outdoor shows, um, masks, masks on, masks uh, distance you know so it's been safe but it's it's been fun i mean elena you've been to a few shows it's it's a good time it's awesome it's awesome and for those of you that don't know what crybaby is um it shows that mike you've been producing and hosting every weekend basically since the pandemic got like a little less insane yes since since the end of june basically Yeah. yeah yeah since the end since the end of june and their outdoor shows uh that you've been doing every weekend and they're really safe you know, the audience, you guys are really spread apart, you know, comedians, some of us perform in masks and stuff, some not, but either way, it's like really distanced out, you know, there, it's a really like safe, fun way to be able right. to do comedy right now. Elena like, brings her, uh, her mic condoms for Yeah, it. I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like and a dental dam? Yeah, basically, no, no, I bring like, you know, you know, the, the little, you know, the little tip covers. The... Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> okay. like the. Yeah. They're like, I call them mic condoms because I don't yeah. know what they're actually called. You know, like those little foam things that you put on top of the mic. Mm-hmm. So I go on stage and I have straight up surgical gloves on. Yeah. And the mask. And then I put the condom on the mic and then I take the mask off and then I perform. Yeah. You know, and people can hear you through them? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah for sure. Because you don't have the mask on when you're when you're talking into the mic, but uh, you, you just have the condom on, and 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 they, and they can still hear it. Um, okay. Sometimes people keep the mask on, and it, it's it can be a little hard to hear sometimes. Yeah, um, yeah. That I tried that. I did that for the first few weeks. Yeah. And it was. I don't think I did it for a crybaby show, but for some of the other shows, I did that when I first started coming back and it, it, I just wasn't getting laughs at all. I was like, I didn't come here to bomb. I'm right, sorry. Right, right, I'm not, yeah. If I'm going to risk, if I'm going to take this risk, right, right. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I don't want to hear silence. Do what you need to do. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, so it, it's, it's been really fun. Uh, and here's the thing it's people don't have, they don't have shit to do. There's nothing to do. So there's no competition in terms, like not just comedy, just entertainment. 
people want yeah. somewhere to go, but they want to be safe when they do it. And so it's been, it's been fun. The ball, is, it just kept rolling. It just kept rolling and it, it will keep going. What made you decide to do the shows? Did you, were you just like, I'm just going to try one? Cause Crybaby was around before. Right. Was. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's, it's been, it had been around for a while, but it was just a monthly show, just a monthly showcase. Um, and then, yeah, I was going to just try one just as like, you know, fuck it, let's try something. And then it went well. And I was just like, you know what, let me just, I realized it only makes sense to do it if you're going to do it consistently. It doesn't really make sense to have one show and then stop, especially after four months off. So I was like, let me just do it every weekend and kind of as a challenge to myself. And then it just kept going from there. And that's now just every weekend, um, which is, is giving me something to do as well. And it's good to have comedy yeah yeah and how are you how are you picking and finding these venues yeah so let's see the uh the one so two of the venues are comedians backyards you know comedians are are happy to to be a part of it um and then one venue that i've used is my parents backyard which is where i am right now and then and then uh another one there was a lady who sold goods at one of my shows pete i think you were there oh, uh, yeah. oh. and so she had a she has a backyard over in northwest a big backyard and she's a she's like family and she's a businesswoman as well so mm-hmm. just kind of piecing it all together just you know i've, I've been rejected from venues too you know, yeah yeah got to keep going so yeah force it's just about people you know trying to work with who you have so like Deacon's backyard is one spot, Matt Deacon's, mm-hmm. um, and then Ross and Jose's backyard, and then later the show you were at was the the lady. Um, oh yeah. Over in Northwest, which is a great spot. It's mm-hmm. it's big, but it's still contained. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's perfect for comedy, actually. That yeah. Backyard. Yeah. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Do you guys do contact tracing? No, no, I don't. I don't. I don't really know what that I've heard of it. <laughs> no, no, that's good because I, I kind of am skeptical about it. Like I went and saw my mom for maybe the first time the other week and mm-hmm. once and we went out to this cafe and then the guy comes up afterward and he's like, Hey, can you write your name and number down? Oh, no, yeah. Uh, racing and i was like sir i think this pen might have herpes fuck that <laughs> right yeah. yeah no all the restaurants all the restaurants have to do they have to do that by law wow yeah i mean i i'm not doing that just because like i i'm just a guy at the end of the day like, like well, <laughs> what am i gonna do with all this information like uh right. and is you know i guess as far as the city and the state goes i don't really i'm not really doing this uh mm-hmm. so <laughs> right right yeah. I was out in Maryland today at the 7-Eleven and they weren't giving change out. They're not allowed to use coins. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I saw something like that at, at Whole Foods where they where they're not using Well, you know, it, COVID is coins. actually a uh, a conspiracy started by the payment apps to get rid of cash. So <laughs> Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they 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 conspiratorial 170 or 187,000 people dead. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know. So, so no, wait. I'm just joking about that. <laughs> no, I. Fucking <laughs> ran. So, so Mike, what? I mean, well, first off, you've had a few shows that have gotten rained out, right? Correct. I was on. I was kind yeah. of on one. Yeah. 
when they were for a minute and a half and then it started to like lightning and pour uh-huh. <laughs> yeah yeah uh, you were doing great it, it started raining and the comedian before you was like uh fuck this and got off but it was only raining kind of hard so you were like yeah. okay i'll go up you went up had a few you definitely got some laughs in and then it was like really coming down you're like look i'm tried i was like yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> i just it was just getting like and the audience you could tell they and the thing is i couldn't believe it because they wanted to stay yeah they're yeah. just getting so ridiculous yeah and plus and, and with the equipment i was like yeah no this this is enough yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we tried yeah we did we did but what what's been the thing you know doing shows during this kind of time during all this like what's some of the stuff that you've learned that you never expected that you would yeah um so i i've learned that uh people will be talking about not even in a bad way but people will be having discussions about you that you never even possibly consider they might be having discussions about you yeah i don't even mean like talking behind my back just in general you know you know you never know who hears what or sees what or how word gets around i've learned that people really miss having like a place to go and like a sense of community you know um you know people like you know there's a big thing going around has been the internet where it's like oh i want to stay away from people i don't like people blah 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 but you know we all still just want to connect and be around people it's the energy it's the energy um and I've learned, that's a, that's a good question. I also, one thing I've learned is uh, in the comedy scene, who is like really interested in doing it, you know? Yeah. You know, because yeah. it, it definitely takes an effort to, to, for this to happen and, and to, to want to do it. So I've enjoyed seeing that. Um, oh, I had one more thing I was gonna say. One, let me repeat the question. What are some things that I've learned that maybe I didn't know beforehand? Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I think that's it, maybe. But, well, when you say people, let's get into the juicy shit. Oh, okay. Which is the first thing you said, which is when you hear people talk about you, let's get into more specifics. What are people saying? What did you hear? Like, what, what's, what's that what, gossip? So Get into I, the details. You don't have to name names, but if you do. Yeah, well, no, so I've only, I'll, I'll be honest, I've only heard good things about me. I've only right. heard, I've only heard good things. It, and it's more so just like, I'm surprised when I hear that people have heard about, cause, cause, cause I don't think that people are thinking about me or my show. Cause you know, who, but then you, you just hear that people have heard about it or they've, or they've seen it. I, honestly, I'm, I'm waiting for people to talk shit. I want somebody to start saying something because not even in a bad way. It's just, I've never really had that before. Everyone right. mostly says good things about me, which is I'm, I'm flattered, but it's like, I keep hearing that comedy is a cutthroat thing. Like, when's it going to happen? <laughs> like, well, you know, I think it normally is, but I think now you're kind of one of the few games in town. Like you're right. doing it. Jose is this thing at the state, which I bailed on once because I just thought it was too dangerous at the time. Right. Um, I've since reconsidered, but nonetheless, I think when you're the one thing, it it's going to get talked about, you know, mm-hmm. good yeah. or bad. Um, and I've mostly yeah. heard good stuff. I don't think I've heard anything bad. Have you? Yeah. I, I thought you were about to say like, well, I will say, Mike, I've heard some people say some shit about you. <laughs> nah. I haven't heard. I haven't heard anything bad. 
I mean, I've heard a lot I'm of people, I will say a lot of people are talking about you because you're the only game in town. I mean, yeah, yeah, people so, in New York yeah. talk about you. Yeah, and that's been one thing that, that's been tough is I want to get everybody on, but it's just not possible to get everybody that wants to be on. And then I want to have people on multiple times. Right. And like get, get people a rhythm and ever. And so it, it's a balance. It's a balance. Right. And then the people who help me out consistently in terms of venues or whatnot i i help i in return put them on more consistently you know just because right. it's you know they're helping me out so so that's been the challenge i can't i can't get everybody on unfortunately it's just right it's too many sure. there's a billion comedians oh that's yeah. one thing i learned i always knew there were comedians a lot of comedians but i didn't there's people coming out the woodworks asking for time that i didn't even know you existed oh really yeah <laughs> That's, I knew there was a lot, but there's a lot of comedians. Right, right. And when you start, you know, getting that sort of like power as a producer, I bet it's kind of hard not to get sort of like bitter and angry with comics because I'm sure there are people who are absolutely insane that are messaging you for time that are just because this comedy, just like all arts, just like it attracts crazy people. So no, I'm sure I, you've yeah. had crazy people. I've definitely, there's, there's been some, yeah, yeah. There's, there's some crazy people who, it's one thing if you're crazy and funny. Right. But if you're crazy and not funny, it's like, oh, I'd rather just keep my distance. Yeah. Um, and no, but, but I will say everyone who has hit me up and I've, Re rejected so to speak i haven't had any issues yet i, I don't know if one of them's going to show up to a show looking crazy right. <laughs> that is the thing though it's like i realize is not only do i do people i have like people's stage time in my hands so to speak mm -hmm. i also have their mental health just like right here right, right, right. <laughs> their well-being is kind of in my hands right right <laughs> that's a lot so that can be a lot to handle uh i don't i don't mind so much their career so to speak because a lot of them don't really yeah i have a career but i, I do want to help you know i do want you know so that, that's been the one thing is like their fragile mental health i i have it right here you're right right yeah. you say that was such a nice face though i'm sure a lot of people could get could take that power in a very toxic way which a yeah. lot of comedy producers do yes they do I've heard, I've heard. Yeah, I just don't have time for that. I don't, I don't, I don't have the energy for that. Like, it, right. you know, to manipulate people is a whole other ball game. And like, mm -hmm. I don't know. Sometimes I wish I was more toxic just in general, but, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, it is something. I don't take joy in the fact that I like am cradling the, you know, I, I try and be upfront with them. Right. With people, but, uh, yeah, Mikey, I think you're toxic enough. I mean, like two and a half years, and I've only been on once. Fuck yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Well, Pete, there's a lot of people who would hear you say that and be like, I've never been on. <laughs> yeah, there you <laughs> right. go. I right. know. Right. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, I, mean, it's, 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 I think it's way. helpful to remember and instructive to remember as a producer that any comic that flips out from the scarcity of one show is not really all in, you know, and is probably not going to be the better asset for any one show. Exactly. Because exactly. that's the thing, like, I can get somebody on 
like a show this summer, but that 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 might be it. And then what? Like that that's not going to sustain them. Things have to come back no. to, to normal, yeah, to some degree for everyone to be able to continue really pursuing what they are doing. I'm just trying to. My I have a few. My goals are number one was at the beginning of this was to grow the show, the base, the mm-hmm. notoriety of it, so to speak, mm-hmm. and to and to challenge myself to be able to do it every week to make that happen. And then three was to just keep it keep comedy going to some degree. You know, keep people involved as many people involved as possible to some degree. Sometimes those those first two goals don't mesh with the third goal because you know people who come to the show need to have a good time for them to come back so it's it's a right hey one second that's this is that's zoom life yeah man that's that's happened a lot (laughs) i'm glad you know people have people in their lives that can interrupt the zoom you know yeah yeah yeah. yeah. (laughs) that as a humble bro and i'm having the show in their backyard tonight so I, you know oh. I can't oh, right. no! yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay all right the fuck? Yeah. so mikey are you living like nomadically that's somebody else's house you're zooming us from uh no, well, no so right now i'm in my parents house okay yeah yeah um and then uh, you know, we'll see since, since I no longer have a job, we'll see how, how it goes, but I, I always have a place here. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, they're very, I have very, I, my parents are very supportive of my comedy, which is, I've learned is not common. No. <laughs> they're very, uh, like when I have shows here, my mom always makes cookies for everybody. And, oh my God. <laughs> how come you don't invite me to that show? She's always making cookies and, and ha- she always wants people to have chips. And when the comedians get here, she's like, oh, are you guys hungry? I have some, some lunch meats if you want to. Oh my God. That's, That's the best show ever. So far, the only person to accept is uh, Jamal Russell. He's like, yeah, okay. yeah, sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised. Yeah, and you know, if you're hungry, you're hungry. Yeah, and exactly. She, and, and then after he accepted, Charlie Ross was also here. And she was like, Charlie, I know you said you ate, but what was it? Are you, are you, lying, <laughs> to are you lying to me? So. Oh, my God, that's so cute. Yeah, well, next show, I, I want to do a show at your parents' house. I'll take a cookie. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and it's, not a, it's not weed cookies either. It's just, you know, you know plain old-fashioned. Yeah, yeah, cookies. just yeah. mom cookies. Mom cookies, exactly. <laughs> Made with love. Right. Yeah. So have there been, as, you, as you've been doing this, you know, everybody took, what was it, like at least a four month break doing no comedy at all. Right. Now, and you've pretty much seen a lot of people at all different levels, because I've seen people on Crybaby who have been doing comedy for a year, and I've seen people on Crybaby who are, you know, headlining yeah. this, our venue, who are headlining Arlington, Arlington Draft House next weekend to Crybaby. So it's yeah. all levels of comedy. Have you seen... Any comedians that have really impressed you, you know, and have you seen certain people that you thought were really great? And after four months off, you were like, wow, not so much. Let's see. Uh, I haven't really been too disappointed in, in anybody. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like, well, especially since I was one of the first shows back, mm-hmm. uh, I tried to get people who I knew 
who I, who I had hung out with a lot and just knew that they were just funny people. Cause I knew our jokes weren't going to be sharp. Yeah. And then by, by the time I started getting more people on people that had done some shows. So, you know, and also, I mean, it's kind of weird, you know, being outdoors. Um, so, so I've really been disappointed in anybody or anything. I've been very impressed. Uh, well, Paris, right. Paris, her first show back was that was that was crybaby and she did like 25 minutes and just like, oh wow she, the whole time she just killed um let's see it so that, that that was the show that you were on so that that whole show with you josh paris jamil mm -hmm. th that was great um ross has you know i mean ross is is about it ross mm -hmm. loves comedy so he's oh yeah great. he was just on this podcast i saw that i saw that yeah yeah, yeah. and so ross has been great um uh, Shelly, Shelly Kim. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I mean, yeah. I, also, you know, I, I've had a core group of people who have been helping me with shows, and so, mm -hmm. so they've all been on a lot. Deacons mm -hmm. as well. Uh, but yeah, there's definitely been a, a bunch of kind of standout performances, especially you know. So it, the show you were on, that was one of the few shows where people got ten minutes. Because yeah. there, there, there weren't as many comedians. So that, that was great. You had a great set. Tommy had a great set that night. Tommy Taylor. Um, he is so great. He's, he is. I feel like he's slept on in the scene. Because he, no, he definitely I, is. I see him crush a yeah. lot. Yeah. Have you done his show? The, 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 the ladies night? No, I haven't. I have to ask him to do that. Yeah. I did. No, that's a lie. I did do it years ago. I did it before, before I was pregnant. I did, okay. but it was, but it was not the ladies night one. It was a different one. Okay. Well, yeah, definitely ask him to do it. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It's, a, yeah. it's, it's in a, a really nice backyard, but he has a setup. Great. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Um, I think he's doing it mostly every week too. Oh, is he? Oh, yeah. okay. I'll, I'll message him. Yeah. He's a, he's a great comic. He is. Yeah, for sure. Um, and yeah, and, and it's just, I've been most impressed by people who make the adjustments kind of from set to set, because mm -hmm. we don't have show after show after show to work on stuff anymore. So you have to really be focused and detailed about the t small adjustments that you make or the jokes that you add to it, because we don't have the luxury of just waiting, of just going of over and over and just kind of bullshitting a little bit. Right. Um, right. Yes, he said, that's what I've really been impressed by is, is, is stuff like that. Yeah, I've that's been something that I've struggled with going back is because usually when you're a comic, right, you do it, you do a set and, you know, you're like, OK, this joke didn't work in this part. So I'll go do another set 15 minutes later at another right. venue and fix that. Right. But it's taken me during the pandemic like a month to figure out because I wrote a bunch of new jokes. And I had like almost a totally new set for, you know, for, for the shows I've been doing lately. And it took me a few times to realize like, okay, this part really doesn't work because sometimes it'll work a little bit right. and sometimes it'll work a lot. So you have to kind of get, you have to be a little harder on yourself. For sure. For sure. And, and you, you have to be, and what it is, you can't waste words. I mean, in a comedy, you always have to get it down as much as possible, but now yeah. you need to just, almost start with the bare minimum and then later yeah. on see if you can add things. We don't have the luxury of just, just kind of just long-windedly getting into it a little bit. You have right. to start with the, the small, the basics. Yeah, right. I got 
do a live show the first one or whatever for um covid time all the ones i've done this far been zoom but i mean i'm gonna have to put this rule on myself i just know it where if i'm trying anything new if it doesn't make me like laugh the fuck out loud like there's no yeah. lie myself or whatever right. i'm not even gonna try it i just assume yeah. to a classic no. i've done hundred times no, exactly exactly right. and, but i will say the thing that because the audience they all know that we're all out of practice you know what i mean and and they're all just happy to be there too so i but all they really want is just to be able to relate just relate to you in in some way you, you know like elena y y your joke about the googling and the with the safari and everything oh, yeah. <laughs> people like that because even if they weren't googling that exact thing it, it just kind of touches on like going out of your mind and just doing things that, that you know you're not actually interested in like i was looking up like learning to code at some point it's like I'm not, right I'm not. right right <laughs> <laughs> and so even if it's not like and I was talking about this with Ross, actually. He's like, you know, I have a lot of jokes that are doing well, which aren't necessarily hilarious, great jokes, but people can relate to them because yeah. we've all just gone through this insane, insane time. Um, yeah. And, and, and yeah, and then also the other thing that I've noticed is, and, and this is what Paris actually gave me this advice, you have to address that you're outside to some degree. Yeah, you really do. Because it is so different. And you, you have to connect with them as a person first. And then you can kind of get into your jokes. Um, just because it is different. You know, there's helicopters going by. Yeah. <laughs> or rain pouring on you. Pouring, <laughs> or, uh, one of my shows, the, the cops showed up because of a noise complaint. Oh, yeah. How, how did that go? Who was on stage? How did that go so, down? So Shelly was on stage. Um, but she didn't know that they were there when she was on because they came during that. And then Jack had to go up, Jack Coleman. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of rough just because like, oh, fucking cops are here. But <laughs> the, uh, did, did they just come through the door? It wasn't, it wasn't like a raid on the show. No, 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 no. So, so we were in the, the back of the house, like in the, the backyard, but there's an alley there. And so they just pulled up in the alley and then okay. stopped a little bit away and then got out and talked to the people who lived there. Um, and you know you know cops will have certain certain games that they play certain things that they say they're like yeah this is the first time uh but you know first warning is cool but the the second warning if we come back the people who live here might get arrested it's like yeah yeah but, wow. but one of the guys who lives there who lived there he was brand new he had just moved to dc uh and so he started getting a little bit nervous he's from like kind of the, the country area started right. getting a little bit nervous he's like no that's the show i don't want that yeah <laughs> uh and but but so so it went off fine then we just started doing the shows earlier so the cops can't yeah. but then the next time we did it we started earlier it was over by about 9 30 we were hanging out but right at 10 01 the cops showed up <laughs> Oh, because someone had complained beforehand someone had complained and so but 10 o'clock is the as is when noise complaints can start. And right, so right. That's when they showed up at literally 10.01. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Some stickler neighbors. It is, yeah. It's, uh, it was, it's gentrification. It's, it's, yeah. you know, it's so. like, why would you move into this energetic, this bustling neighborhood just to, at 10 o'clock on a Saturday? Whereas, Lana, the show that you were on over in, in Brightwood, people have lived there for decades. We had the music blasting until like 12.30 nobody cared nobody said anything yeah so you know yeah.
it is what it is. One of those challenges. Right, right. Yeah, the interesting challenges of outdoor shows. Yes. The evolving culture of neighborhoods in D.C. Right. Yeah. So, so what, how long do you think you can do this? Do you, do you have a winter plan? Do you think in the winter you're going to shut it down? Like, what do you think? So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of banking on global warming. Right. Uh, <laughs> at least through October, I'm thinking. Maybe just right. through the middle of October, we'll see. But I'm, I'm hoping it'll be a little warm through the end of October. And then, you know, I, you know, and the world can change so much between then and now. But what I want to do in the winter is maybe just find a nice little place where you can maybe fit 10 people, 10 to 15 people safely, mm -hmm. open some windows, maybe have some air purifiers, some fans mm -hmm. blowing just to keep the air fresh, masks, mm -hmm. of course. Mm -hmm. um, maybe 10 to 15 people and then live stream it um, oh. as well. Yeah. And so... Yeah, because I, I think I think people can definitely laugh over, you know, Zoom shows and whatnot. I've done some shows that I had I had fun on. People can enjoy it, but as a comedian, you kind of need that audience. Hundred percent. It's that energy if you really want to be involved, engaged. And then watching at home is different if they're not just like if it's not if it doesn't look like the Brady Bunch, you know, like yeah, it's, yeah, it's like a. <laughs> Almost just like watching like a, a Netflix special, but totally, live. yeah, totally, yeah. I think that's a much better way to go go about it. I know, PD, you've done more Zoom shows than me. Mm -hmm. Like you said, you've done some. I've done like probably four or five, mm -hmm. and it's just it feels super, super weird. It sucks. Yeah, it's, it's only cool if you walk around the room looking into your phone while you're doing it, pretending the floor is like a stage, you know? Yeah. Oh, I remember yeah. you said that, and I was thinking about because I used my computer the few times I did it, and I was sitting exactly in the same spot I'm sitting now, and it just felt like super rehearsed yeah. to me. And I was, I, I just didn't like it at all. My husband was behind me, and because he's like my, I call him my comedy manager because he's uh -huh. obsessed with comedy, and he'll, he's the only one who's real with me about each one of my performances. So he like sat behind me. He was like, I, I thought that that wasn't so bad. Yeah, and I felt like it was terrible. It just felt so like contrived to me. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. I, I enjoyed the ones that I did. I think the best online format, I did a few, I did two crybaby shows on Instagram live. Oh, okay. Um, but that was just like, it was like me kind of interviewing them. Okay. Kind of the comedian. And so I just, I just book, booked a few people that I have like a, a friendship with, um, mm -hmm. who I had like some type of chemistry with before mm -hmm. COVID started. Um, and then I would call them up beforehand and we would talk about what bits they wanted to do. But mm -hmm. then we would just kind of like work and just like, like have a conversation, but that gets to those bits kind of, so oh, I guess almost smart. like a, a late night show. And so it, it was fun, but also it's not something that I would want to do. Cause also if people are on their phone, they're one click away from something better. Or different. yeah, <laughs> they're yeah. so close to anything else that they want to do. So. Yeah, well, that's why you know so much comedy has it has to be really dark. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't focus on anyone else because so much right. of it it's like a movie theater. Like you have to get lost yep. in what's in front of you, or yep. else, especially you know, not right. to sound like very baby boomer, but there's so many distractions in today's no, world no, that sure. like in your hand, yeah, you know, yeah. and then uh, and, and then and that's why live shows are great because they've already they. 
they've made the commitment to be there. Yeah. And so they're going to focus, you know, or they're going to just watch. They're not going to be on their phones where if they're already on their phones, all it takes is like 20 seconds, 10 seconds without anything interesting going on. And they're off to something else. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And it's interesting what you were saying. You were talking to Ross about like those jokes that people are laughing at that aren't, that don't feel that good. I, it's it's funny you said that because there's a joke I've been doing lately that gets laughs every time that I'm like, this is not a good joke. Right, right, right. Yeah, I also the, think that people, I mean, tell me if you think this is wrong, but I feel like people's expectations have dropped or oh, something. No, but people, totally. people are just happy to be there. Right, people are happy right. to be out somewhere and, and around people and there's energy and, and not just their walls. No, no, absolutely. And, and but also... And because we, we have been separated from everyone for so long, we do want to relate. Like, because we are separated, but we are all having the same experiences, like in the grocery store or sitting right. there watching TV. So it, it's not hard to be relatable right now because we are all doing the same stuff for so yeah. long. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so, so it doesn't have to necessarily hit hard. It doesn't have to be a great joke for people yeah. to People want to laugh. They want something that is funny, but they also just want something that, you know, touches them in a way. Yeah. Or is outside of their house right now. Yeah. Know? Right. Yeah. Psychologists of happiness say that people actually are happier when they have less options. They don't have yeah. to make decisions. So they have to learn to like shit. You know right, what I mean? Right. Yeah. Fucking yeah. Potato tastes like, you know, creme brulee. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think that one of the happiest times of my life was when I was in Philadelphia. I was living in Philly when I was like 20, 21 years old. I didn't have too many friends up there and I didn't have cable or the internet. I didn't have shit to do. Mm-hmm. I would just ride my bike or if I did have something pop up, like a, a, an event to go to or something, I would go and just have fun. I was so happy because I didn't have all these different things to do. You know, it's, it, it can definitely be a lot easier. Um, yeah, that's why I have a lot of people who come to almost every show just because it's, it's good vibes and what else are they going to do? Yeah, I mean, I got to say that, you know, since COVID began, I've gotten laid so much more than six <laughs> months ago when women had freedom of choice, you know? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> No, it's true. It's true. There's a, and well, people are horned up. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely a little little horned up and uh, just lacking any type of physical contact, you know? Um, And so, yeah, I know, I know what you mean. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad, Mike. I'm glad. I I get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Glad your parents' house is working out for you. I tell them that later. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder, I mean, you guys know this, but I, I mean, how, at what point were you like, enough is enough. I have to get laid. And were you scared the first um, time? No, I wasn't scared. Uh, it, was it was more like, desperate. <laughs> honestly, Cause it wasn't even like a, a, a desperate thing just cause what I had just accepted quarantine, you know, as what it was. And right. then I just downloaded Tinder randomly, and uh-huh. then like this was in like April too. Like this shit, in, you downloaded Tinder in April. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. And then soon enough, I was over at someone's house, uh, and 
I was safe. I, you know, I wore a condom. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. How are you not paralyzed in fear? Like, did you show, like, how's that, what's that moment? Like, okay. did you show up in a mask and you're like, hey, yeah, well, I mean, of course you. you have to show up in a mask. Um, I was, well, here's the thing. I just, you got to follow your intuition. You know, okay. my intuition was, was telling <laughs> right. me to go there. It, it, it was telling me, I didn't initiate it. She, she asked me to come over. I was like, okay. And I, I, I at first I was just like, should I, like, maybe I shouldn't, but my intuition was telling me to go and I went and it turned out amazing. I learned a lot, actually. So, <laughs> <laughs> I learned some very valuable life, life lessons. So, yeah. 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 So it was great. So you've got to follow your intuition and be safe. But yep. like, but like, okay, how, how does it work? I'm just curious. Okay. You show up in the mask. Right. And you talk for a while in the mask. And it's like, if somebody takes their mask off, like that's how you know you're fucking a night. Like, how does well, that work? <laughs> well, actually I'll say this. This is maybe not good, but when I, at this time, when I was going over there, this was before masks were even required everywhere. Because remember in the oh, beginning, masks were Yeah, that's right. A necessity oh, right, right. There was even a time where people were like, no, don't wear masks. It's not going to be good. And then... Right. So this was before masks were like a thing thing. So this was before even the debate about masks. Yeah, they're like, oh, so just I mean, less than a thousand people in the room's fine. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, I just went over there and, you know, I never assume anything's going to happen in the, right. even before COVID. And then, you know, but things happen and I wasn't going to stop them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did my background research on lay number one. Basically, I've been watching their Instagram and making okay. sure they were like rocking the mask. You know what I mean? Right. And, PD background checked. Uh, yeah. And I rolled right. up and I was putting the mask on they had the mask on we got back upstairs you know both of us kind of had the mask off we hung out two hours nobody coughed i was like fuck it let's do it yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay okay so it wasn't like mask off make out it was like mask off talk a little bit feel it out more okay feel yeah. it out more That's feel the smart. safety yeah. What is it like as you get more comfortable? Like, do you start at six feet and just like, yeah, you slowly, like, yeah, okay. yeah. Five, yeah. three, two, inside. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a scene from Stripes. I haven't seen that so what? in so long. It was like that scene from Stripes, you know, where Bill Murray and um, Harold Ramis meet those two other chicks on base or whatever with like their directing officers. And they go into this officer's house at night and they play like a force field game where it's like whoever breaks the force field first loses or whatever. And they get real close to each other. And then one of them just says, I lose. Fuck it, you know? Oh. And then bam. Okay. okay. That's Is that what happens? So who lost in your game? <laughs> Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Mike, have you have you so since since you're tindering, you didn't do a background check. Has there been somebody that 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 was post mask where you had to like figure out the mask takeoff moment? Um let's see. Well, so the post COVID, it was more so well, I met him at a show. It was outdoors. And then we right. hung out. It was always outdoors every time. So, you know, hey, the masks are always there, but also you might take it off to eat or drink or you're just outside. Okay. But, you met, but you met this person in person. It wasn't like a Tinder thing. Oh, oh correct, correct. Like, I feel like Tinder is like way more high risk. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> I think following your intuition is a lot like the pull-out method. Like, <laughs> but it worked out. It worked out for, you know, I haven't, <laughs> nothing bad happened. Um, yeah, and I only did, I only did the Tinder thing once. There was, okay. yeah, there's almost, there's almost more, but it was in Manassas. Like, that's too fucking far. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I love how that's that was on your yeah. No. It wasn't like we're in a global pandemic and I'm afraid for my own health. It's like oh, the drive. Yeah, the yeah. And then cuz then it's like, you know, cuz people want the company too. It's not just that. So it's like I got to go out to Manassas and then hang out. Yeah. <laughs> and then come like that's way that's, that's too much. Did you check the county breakdown of COVID cases in Virginia before you <laughs> hike out there? Be honest. No, to me, Virginia is all one place, and it's okay. I don't like it. It's right. They're all rednecks. Right. They all have it. Yeah, yeah, they're all kind of the same. Um, well, I mean, they probably should have checked because I, I'm from Prince George's County, which is a hotbed. Yeah, sure. a hotbed. So they probably should have checked me, but they probably wouldn't think that I'm from Prince George's County, so they wouldn't have. <laughs> so, so you grew up you you grew up in PG County in Maryland. Yes. Yeah. And tell tell the people about PG County because I didn't know anything about PG County until I moved here. Okay, so Prince George's County is very interesting. It's uh, it is the largest. It is yeah, the largest predominantly black county in America. I want I don't know the exact numbers, but I want to say at least eighty five percent of the population is black, mm -hmm. and it's, it's also the, the, has the highest concentration of black wealth in the country. But at the same time, the reputation that it has is for like kind of hood or, or violence or, you know, things of that nature, um, which it, it's all of the above. It's just inside of the beltway, it tends to be more of the, that, the hood-ish part. And then outside is where like the Fort Washington, you know, that is, is where the concentration of the wealth is. But it's a very interesting place. It's, uh, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of very educated people, um, you know, and same with, with DC, you know, there's a, a lot of, well, just first and foremost, there's just a lot of black people. So everywhere you go, it's not abnormal to see black people, which is not the case in a lot of places I've, I've found, but, um, I mean, it, it, it's a very, it's a great place for comedy. Mm -hmm. It's a great place to do, to, to come up as a comedian or it, it, it kind of naturally gives way to being a comedian. It's like, let's see, well, J J uh, J Jermaine Fowler, J yeah. Jermaine Jer Fowler, um, Adrian Lafayette, mm -hmm. Caleb Stewart, Jamal Russell, and, and there's, there's famous Martin Lawrence. Um, you know, there's oh. a lot of, a lot of great, uh, comedians have come from PG, and I can see why it, it it's got a, just a certain feel to it. Uh, and you know, there, there's the well, first of all, black people are just more fun than than white people in general. It, I agree. I think they're funnier. I don't. Yeah, yeah, they are. They are. They are. They are naturally just better at comedy. I think because they, they have a better yeah. sense of humor. Because yeah. they, they don't take things as seriously, and so that combined with the the money but also the hood aspect it's just it's a very unique mix that leads that lends itself to comedy very well 
Mm -hmm. um, so in terms of, and then oh, it's just a very, it's a, it's a, it's a real cool place. It, it, it's fine. It's, it's got its challenges as well, but um, yeah, I'm very, I'm very happy that I am from here grew up here. Right. And you say, you know, you say in your comedy, you make, you make jokes that you have a lot of black friends. Were you like the token white kid at school? Or no, so, so in where I live, so I live, I'm from inside of the Beltway, but my town is not at all hood. It's like, but as soon as, once you leave, it, it gets a little, a little bit hood. But so I have a lot of, where I live is very diverse, mm -hmm. white people, black people, Spanish people. So I, I was, I mean. So I what town is this, myself. Mike? Mm -hmm. What town is this? Cheverly. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, so it's right near Landover, Hyattsville. I would never call myself the token because, you know, I was always, but, but definitely being the only white person is not a new or rare thing for me, for right. sure. For right. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Elena, where, so you're from California, or you're from LA before you came here? No, I'm not from LA. I grew up in Mexico City. Right, right. And then, but you came and from LA before here, right? Kind of. So I, I grew up in Mexico City. I moved to LA to go to college. Okay. And then two years after I finished college, I moved back to Mexico City for work because I started getting jobs on, on Mexican soap operas. Right, yeah, okay. And while I was working on Mexican soap operas, I, uh, I went back and forth because... I didn't like fully move to Mexico. I would do like nine month shoots in Mexico and then go to LA for in between shows to like try to get jobs in LA. Right. Obviously I make jokes about this, but obviously that didn't work out. Right. Uh, I, I went to LA to try to like, I would audition a ton and like try to get jobs on American stuff. And then I would go back to Mexico city. So I moved straight to DC. I'd been in Mexico city for a year beforehand. So I did move here from Mexico okay. city, but through for a lot of years sort of through my 20s I was a little bit back and forth like there was one period in there between I was between telenovelas where I was in LA for a whole year like I so it's kind of both yeah okay okay while, but I'm from Mexico City okay so I also know what it's like to be the only white person in a room yeah for sure for <laughs> even sure. though even though Mexico City is very diverse a lot of people in the U.S. think like everything south of the border like everybody's brown which yeah. is not true. You have everything. It's a whole country. They have all kinds of different stuff. But I've heard you know, that. And yeah, I was definitely one of those people. I thought it was. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people here do because in the U.S. they don't. The U.S. there's a very clear attitude towards Mexico that's most of the time pretty ignorant. You don't, and a lot of people aren't really educated on their neighbor. You know, people For will sure. like go to to a resort in Cancun and think that yeah. think certain things about Mexico, and they'll like pass the like poor village on the way to the resort, and they're like, "That's yeah. what Mexico really is." It's like right, oh. yeah, but it's actually a it's a huge country. It's huge. Mexico City is the biggest city in the world. I mean, it's always like it's like between Mexico City, Tokyo, and Sao Paulo, wow. Brazil. I didn't know that. That's, that's hmm. I didn't either. Yeah, DC is like I, I always. It's very small. That, the town. I tell yeah. him that he grew up in the woods. He gets so mad. He's <laughs> <laughs> so pissed off. Is he he also grew up in Maryland, but what, but that's what it looked like to me when I first. Because my other real experience of living was in was in LA. Right. Yeah. And being here, I realized like how similar LA and Mexico City are. Mm -hmm. because, you know they they are kind of spread out the same the same way and also la is just full of mexicans right so i've just been surrounded by 
Mexicans my whole life. Yeah, so yeah. I, and when I moved here, you know, I went to my husband's parents' house and it was like, there was like no fences between the houses and all these trees. I was like, you grew up in the country. He yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Pete, are you from this area? Yes, I am. Uh, my trajectory is a lot more of a zigzag. So okay. I moved up here into Montgomery County when I was six. And then my parents split at 14 and I moved into the city with my mom. And I bounced from like Bannis to Tenley to Georgetown to, you know, Bloomingdale to back to Georgetown, just all around. You know? right. so okay. I've been here in the city for 25 years now, 26, oh, wow. okay. like that. Yeah. So you're so, basically a native. That's pretty much at this point. The whole time. That's, that's rare. Mm -hmm. and Mike, yeah. you said you were in Philadelphia for a while, so you haven't been here the whole time. Right? Yeah, but I mean, the, I was there for like two years, went up from like 19 to 21, and I'm, okay. I'm 31 now. So, so I, I've been here for I've been here for a while. I lived in D.C. for a little bit in uh, Cleveland Park, actually. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, but it was like a basement thing. I I wasn't supposed to be there, but it was nice. <laughs> it was nice. Uh, yeah, but it's uh. Yeah, I really like DC, especially compared to New York, because I can you can get places very easily. Because in New York, it takes like you can take like an hour and a half to travel within Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's like how all the trains and everything. Uh, uh, and it's very it's dirty. So I like DC. I like yeah. DC. Yeah. yeah, the the walking thing is a really nice luxury. I never had that in my life because you know Mexico, you drive everywhere. You're sitting in traffic all the time. LA is the same. And I came here and I'm like, oh, I can walk this stuff. Yeah. It's really nice. It's very nice to get used to. I'm still, I have to say, I'm still a little bit scared of like a lot of trees. Like that, like that. I don't know. I, I didn't I know about this. I'm in PG County. I don't know if it's like this, but my husband's also from Maryland. He's from uh, Montgomery County. And it's like, it's a lot of trees. Like, there's a lot of trees. No, it's true. It's true. I mean, I've never heard someone talk about a lot of trees as a bad thing but <laughs> no but it's just like it's just like prime serial killer stuff and also like all all are serial killers around the same age like all the movies that we grew up with that were scary like the teen movie like scream and stuff uh, all those killers like kill people in the suburbs where there's a lot of trees and no fences like it's so murdery to me i'm not gonna lie i feel like you have a weird thing against trees I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> like just because there's movies where people die and there are trees in the movie i don't i don't yeah that first scene in scream right oh, you, you, like you remember scream yeah. where drew barrymore dies and he like hangs her from a tree yeah Okay, yeah, okay, that's fair. It's that's very fair. scary. Like, you know, yeah. where I come from, there's, like, you know, apartments, fences, concrete. Like, you can't get somebody from these, like, weird shadows who's going to come and get you. Yeah, yeah. There's that, nothing yeah. shady about apartment fences and concrete. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Hey, you know, you don't like trees that you don't have to explain yourself. Right. <laughs> yeah i don't know you guys that grew up in the woods you know uh, <laughs> uh, dc is a nice southern town that compared yeah, to right? new york it really it is. is a southern town right it is a town for sure it is no it, it's very small right. yeah speaking of woods i want my ashes to be dumped in rock creek oh mm. you do 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you'll probably be the one to do it since it's a federal fence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no way they can know that. Yeah. Yeah. There you no, go. No. 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 You'd get away with it. So, yeah. Mike, what are your? No, you get away with. You talked a little bit about about your goals, but what what do you kind of have coming up? Yeah. So, um, been doing, gonna keep doing shows every weekend. Um, I have uh, started. collabing with jack and uh capital laughs Mm -hmm. and so that'll add a few more shows through september uh, probably so i want to say in september uh have at least probably eight maybe nine shows um throughout the month and so just keep doing that just keep kind of growing and then hopefully turn it into something with the global warming appreciation in October. Right. And right. You know, I, I do, I want to start bringing down some people from New York, maybe to headline some stuff. Um, but yeah, really the main thing is just, just don't stop. That's, and right. I'm going to have more time now, you know, without right. having, uh, so I'm looking forward to that actually uh, a lot. And so, yeah, so that's the main thing. Just keep it going, enact some ideas and, uh, have more shows, get more people, more time, kind of really get some, more of a rhythm going. And then, and then we'll see, you know, along the way, I imagine, I mean, who knows, who knows where opportunities come from sometimes they just, who knows who's going to see what, and then it'll lead to something. So that's the main thing. Just keep myself open and just keep, keep doing the shows. Um, so people can follow at Crybaby DC on Instagram uh, if they want to keep up. I post the shows every week, so it's very, yeah. And then pre-COVID, you guys, you guys were doing shows in New York. Do you think you'd yeah. go back to doing that? Yeah. So yeah. So it started in New York. Dakunle and Abe started the show in New York, um, and then. So I believe they're going to do an outdoor show in September as well. Dakunle has been working on some stuff for some uh, some really good up op- he is, is a good opportunity and so he's been working on that some writing stuff and but they're going to do some shows outdoors in october uh september i believe i'm kind of pushing them to because it's, it's a good time to do it and, and they have a great following up there so um yeah maybe get some type of collaboration going but yeah i mean i'm excited to keep going i'm not i'm not I'm not tired yet, so. Hell yeah. Yeah. Great. Elena, I'll definitely have you back on soon. And Pete, if you ever want to venture outside, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's interesting that you were willing to meet up with uh, a new fling, but not, you know, come do some time. That's true. <laughs> he called you out, Pete. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm bringing the orgy to Crybaby. Let's hey, do it. Hey, bring him out. Bring him out. Just make sure that they follow the page first. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm on it. I'm on it. Yeah, no, uh, I don't have anything pressing. That'll be the next thing. But whatever okay. Crybaby you want, you got open, let's do it. Awesome. I would definitely be in touch. Elena, for sure, I'll be in touch again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd love to. I've, I mean, I, I know it's crowded, but I had, I've been having a lot of fun both times I did it. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'd really be excited to come back. Absolutely. Really great oh. shows. And anybody listening, you know, Crybaby, they have shows every weekend. You know, I really recommend it. And you get to see really, really high levels of talent uh, in a really cool 
it looks good. It looks good, right? Like it. it, it seen, there's a lot of shows that I've seen, and like, everyone has to do make it happen how they can. And right. like in New York and places where they're in these huge parks, and it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Hard to have a comedy feel. So the venues that we use, they're a little more compact, but still safe. It, it, yeah. it looks like a nice venue. It's intimate as well, so it, it, it's a good time. I appreciate. I appreciate you. The word, the kind words, and having me on. This is this has okay. been fun. Yeah, it's been Thank great, man. Anytime. You, you know, I think, I think comedy and comedy lovers are very appreciative of everything you've been doing, and we wanted to have you on and hear all about it. So thanks yeah. for doing this. Thank you. No, it, it was a blast. It was a good time. I appreciate that. Deserve. All, right, all right. Well, yeah, yeah I, I'll be in touch with you guys soon. Sounds Fantastic. good. Fantastic. All right. Thank, thank you. you. Appreciate it. Thank you.